0: Again to a novel evening. I'm Danny. You can find me on Instagram as Blotted Ink Books, and for this episode, I'm joined by an author who I didn't actually realise is local to me. Um, so I picked up her novel, Black Widows, goodness, a while ago now, and I loved it. Um, I'm a big fan of all of the documentaries about sister wives and about polygamous marriage um, and all, all that kind of thing. and. Black Widows, for anyone who loves a thriller, it's the one for you. And I'm equally excited about her newest release, Blood Sisters. I mean, I do love a good Outback thriller, um, they're the best. Uh, I'm very, very excited to be joined by Kate Quinn. I have got a lot of questions for her about Black Widows, about Blood Sisters. Um, You know, Outback Noir novels are having a real moment at the moment. Um, So I'm very intrigued to chat with her. And of course, I'm excited to check out all about her novel evening. So a huge hello to Kate. Hi. Hello, thanks so much for having me. Oh, thank you. You're looking really summery. Thanks. This is, well, actually, this is kind of like my dinner party dress. I have, like, dressed up. Oh. I, like, is it very sad to admit that I have been looking forward to this virtual evening for, like, quite some time? And no. I'm going to but... be like... You know what? Sometimes it's, uh, that's like, you should not have a reason to dress up. Sometimes you should just be able to put on a nice dress for everything. Uh, absolutely. Particularly since we've just come out of lockdown, right? And now we just, you know... There needs to be no reason to put a dress on. Yeah, literally. And of course, you are a fellow Devon, Devon dweller, Devonian. (laughs) Is that? But I think that is the term, Devonian. Devonian. Yes. I'm not. Unfortunately, I'm not born and bred Devonian. I am a implant from Dorset. I cross. I am also a a blow-in from um, Essex. So far, about as far as you can get, really yeah you truly are you're one of those really that we am. talk about you are yeah yeah it's true I'm, I'm on that list yeah those those people who come down from the cities and move into the countryside yeah well even worse because Essex you know I've kind of brought that that bling with me Yeah, <laughs> you've come down and usurped our greenness yeah. <laughs> I've only crossed the border I've only done a quick kind of like crossover from one county to the other. So, you know, Dorset to Devon. I lived right on the Devon border as well. Yeah, you know, your grass is the same shade of green. It's all good. You You guys don't have a lot of grass. (laughs) Yeah, there are several shades lighter grass in Essex for sure. Do you like living down in Devon? I do like living down in Devon. Um, yeah, it's a slightly strange thing to say but I do prefer the shade of grass in Essex, <laughs> it's a little bit too deep green um, in Devon but yes it's very beautiful and I have, um, I'm lucky enough to have my kids are down here and you know we, we have a, a lovely sort of outdoor life but I also spent uh, 10 years in Brighton so I, I do have to just kind of get my city fixes yeah yeah see I'm a real country mouse and I have only recently started going into like London and Bristol and things more regularly and I'm definitely a fish out of water in those situations you can see me just yeah. terrified that's like my partner he's he's probably are you he gets a bit scared of the underground and things I always <laughs> if I meet friends they always have to come and like collect me from Paddington I'm just stood there right. with my little suitcase you won't make your own way <laughs> no. like, sign around you yeah. I would get so lost And last time I went was for the book party that happened. And I'd really researched the underground. I was like, I can do this. It's over different (laughs) different layers. Underground. No No way. I can get around Paris on the Metro, that's easy. But the underground is regressive, right? Everyone's in a rush yeah you don't want to maintain eye contact or wait too long before you get on a train because so you're just going to be trampled but funny enough I, I can't I feel like I can do every metro in the world but not Paris so I think this is like some you should take some heart from that but I've, i Paris is the only metro I've got confused and gone on the wrong line I think well that makes me feel much better I can't navigate my own you know capital city of my <laughs> <Rome> own country <laughs> I was meant to be Parisian, that's the problem. See, that's yeah, you're too glamorous for London. That's the that's, issue, that is very true. <laughs> that's the truth. Now, obviously, we're going to talk all about your books. So, I read Black Widows actually, I did read Black Widows during the lockdown. Um, obviously, your book came out during Covid, which is not a bad because I think people were reading a lot during that time. I think a lot of bookstagrams got started during lockdown. That's true, I think, yeah, for sure. And I think. Black Widows. So I've got a real fascination. I don't know if you've seen on Netflix the TV show Sister Wives. Yes, I, like I binge watched like essentially because part of the research for that book I think was in lockdown. I'm just trying to remember but certainly I couldn't get out very easily as I recall at the time. Um, yeah, so I, every every media kind of thing about polygamy or anything in that vein I, I watched and then also a lot of factual documentaries yeah. and books and yeah it's a really intriguing thing i think it really fascinates me because it's so outside of the norm and i say that in quotation marks you know yeah yeah who's normal is normal right but sure yeah it's, it's, it's something unusual. that fascinates and i remember watching this documentary and it was this this man That being really wasn't much to look at sat in the middle and his three wives either side and there was two wives who looked quite happy about the situation and then there's one wife who looked less impressed as yeah. he was talking about his <laughs> false wife you could see her face sort of be like Thinking, mm, false wife. I know <laughs> how this goes <laughs> yes and as soon as I picked up your book Black Widows I was reminded of that because you know polygamy is all well and good until perhaps not everyone is as happy in their situation as they seem to be or people have their own feelings yeah. what's sort the of drew you to that as the you know the underlying story for a thriller So I think initially um, there was a documentary on it a a while back. I mean, everyone is pretty interested in polygamy generally. I think if we were were honest about that, Um, like mainly like what goes on, how do you arrange that emotionally? And um, so I saw this documentary and there was a similar setup to what you just described. Actually, I think there was a fourth wife on the cards and there were three wives and one of the wives, there was just a flash, almost like a micro expression of like pure animal rage, I, I felt um, she might contradict me. And I just in that moment kind of thought, wow, she could really kill someone. And I was very much struck by essentially exactly what you you just said, like the, the, the deep, deep emotions, the possibility for drama, the many tensions that could happen when you've entered into a polygamous relationship um, in the case of black widows it would be for religious reasons so you are strongly um of the belief you're strongly devout and you're strongly of the belief that this is the right thing to do for god it is what god wants it's what god has called you to do and you are here to live this life but then how do you make that fit with your you know your your basic human needs to you know have your husband when you want him or or whatever the the situation is so that was that was broadly it because it almost seems transactional when you see these interviews you hear these discussions it all seems very well organized you know when he comes to me Monday and then Tuesday's my day and yeah often that's the way yeah yeah but when you actually look at the emotions because a lot of it seems quite emotionless and it's almost like oh we're all fine with this because we've organized it and it's all it's a lovely family thing and but actually emotions are something you can't control and I found that really fascinating in your book that even when somebody is saying on the surface, "I'm really happy with my, I love my yeah. fellow wives, I, I love it, our yeah. co-parenting," you don't always see, like you say, that flash of yeah, like, what's them, beneath the surface. Which I personally I think, um, I, I like. I'd like to think, like I, I don't judge, and and I think I I was always open when writing that book to the idea that maybe some people have got it right in a way that I don't understand. You know, I was that was part of my writing process that I was. Just interested in the whole dynamic really because like you say it's normal for some people it's not regular usual common but um you know that's the way with with a lot of situations that then become normal so I was interested in the whole business of it really and it's a conversation I think actually more recently the idea of not being monogamous it's become more kind of talked about open relationships I think so and the sort of poly is it polyamorous so it's a more kind of yeah like yes so you would have certain people who would feel that they would be comfortable in a relationship with many partners and not it was very interesting marrying. and I think as well because your setting was so isolated quite often with these communities yeah. they are very isolated yes. it's just them and again your newest book is set in a very isolated situation uh, yeah. tell me a bit about your your second novel I had so much fun writing this novel so this this one is set in Outback Australia um so there's kind of a Jane Harper um vibe going on I think because you know that her novels also are set um Outback 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 thrillers seem to be having a real renaissance don't they at the moment like we just discovered Australia is that something that we just discovered yeah, it's a funny thing, isn't it? I think also because it's a real life deserted spot and there's not many left on the planet, you know, so Australia boasts those huge distances. So mine is set in a town where there are only a couple of police on duty. It's a mining town. So um, there is potentially a lot of heavy drinking, um, a lot of bad behavior. It's mainly men who live in this town and there is a pub in this town, very popular with the mine workers. Um, which hires every quarter or so, every three months or so, hires kind of two fresh, should we call them, um, backpackers, um, for, for the for the purposes of kind of having sort of fresh, pretty faces yes. serve these men alcohol. But it's very remote. It's I think for at least a four hour, six hour drive from the nearest town, which is not uncommon in outback Australia. Um, and it was just such a fun book to write because I kind of spent a lot of time traveling in those areas and have also worked in those kind of pubs. So it was just really was good fun. I to ask if you were familiar with that. Yeah, course. yeah. And I think most most women, um, oh, I think most women have worked in bars. and most women worked in bars? Is that just me? I would say quite a few, not myself yeah. because I'm awful. <laughs> <laughs> but a lot of my friends have done either bar work or waitressing, especially in kind of Torbay. Yeah, those team. sort of service industries where you're kind of um where you're sort of trapped by a a sort of a protocol um of of good behavior because you are in the employ um but the people you're serving are not trapped in that protocol and they're in uh, can lie a pretty unpleasant tension which most people in the service industry have experienced I think when someone tries to throw their weight around um, and if you're a woman it can be exacerbated and if people are drinking it can be exacerbated um, or I've certainly had um, a few kind of sleazy comments and behaviours that I in my regular world um, would be able to deal with but in my waitressing pub serving pub serving barmaiding um, persona was more confused about how to negotiate without being in a situation where I would lose my job the thing is I think it's um it's always kind of been an unwritten rule hasn't it that when you work behind a bar flirting is kind of part of your job role and to keep niceties is kind of part of the job role um that you're kind of expected to take some of those comments it's kind of a given you're you're dealing with drunk people people are going to push their luck I think that kind of view is changing a lot but I know my mom was a barmaid for a long long time um before I was born and she said you know you kind of accepted that came with the role that when you were behind a bar and you were a young woman you were kind of like well that's what that's what you get that's what comes of that job you have to kind of just grow a thick skin laugh it off get on with your job and call call the landlord over if it gets too much that was kind of the yeah. Yeah. And, and I think there's a lot of also like sort of just not questioning when particularly when you're younger. So I would have been in my um, 20s doing bar work and I didn't really question why I had been hired above, say, an older um, woman. or a more experienced woman yeah yeah, yeah, exactly um another candidate um when looking back now it was very clear that my age and gender (laughs) played a huge if not 100 um factor in my being hired and I think that's really interesting too because obviously when you select when you only select sort of young women um for bar work you are giving an expectation to your clientele and and the expectation you're giving is that the people serving you drinks are here for a certain amount of um ogling and treatment and you know that's that's why they're here because look it's only young women on this bar yes yeah and especially you know you've set this in a town where as you say it's a predominantly male population I've had some family members who have also worked in very very male environments Uh, we've had family members work on sort of ships or oil rigs or and once uh-huh. you have an environment that is extremely male-orientated, I think their behaviours change an awful lot. And sometimes it can be really hard for them to readjust to kind of, again, you know, normal life. Yeah. And when you well, this is, it would be normal mix, life, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Just adjusting to not being in this highly male testosterone-filled, yeah. close environment. You know, mining especially is, you know, you eat, sleep, breathe these men while you're working with them. And like you say, we you going to blow off steam and there's young women in there. That's when things can get, you know, tension can build, right? Which I'm guessing in your story, tensions will build. Tensions will, yeah. And that's a big part of kind of what I looked at in the book that I was really enjoyed kind of playing around with actually, that institutionalisation. And then like the normalisation of behaviours mm-hmm. that, that even like the nicest guy might go into mind work. And, you know, then like everyone's texting like, pornography memes and that's kind of just normal and you just kind of start doing that and then like two years later down the road suddenly you're all texting each other you know real gross out porn because it's funny or and then that yeah, kind yeah. of behavior you're just, just aren't you just very becomes, insipid yeah. yeah you become a very insipid and maybe without even realizing it you know you kind of change a bit you can as a human being you kind of change a bit and your attitude to other human beings women perhaps you know kind of changes and that's almost part of the penalty of you know certain types of jobs and certain types of environments I know my husband my my husband my brother is in the military um and I know that there is an underlying culture and sometimes it's very hard to escape because you know you have to live with those people you have to be sure. surrounded by them so if you isolate yourself from that culture you're isolating yourself from really a lot of companionship you have within the workplace especially when they're all you've got you know he might go to Falklands or he might go to kind of other places you know and be with these people on this very small island or in this small base and i think yeah it's something that isn't talked about really no i mean it's an interesting it's a really interesting situation isn't it and you don't want to be the one like the kind of oh you know you've got no sense of humor you're not laughing at the joke you know no and and even i think people question themselves and like oh well, hang on well maybe i am taking this too seriously or you know it's a a real great area well I'm really intrigued that you have written this this they call it like Outback Noir now don't they? Outback Noir there is a title for it yeah yeah which I'm very happy to be like put in in that category I love it and are you working on anything else what's what's coming next for you? Yeah I've got a few things because I'm always like one one or two books ahead right because they come out when they come out it's a year so um I've done my my one that I've just finished is Murder in Rehab Um, which was super good fun and I did go to rehab for that book Um, which was kind of a partly kind of like a partly like probably I'm drinking too much and I should go to rehab and that wouldn't be a bad thing and partly uh, I want to know what goes on in in rehab Um, and then this latest one so then I finished that one and then this book that I'm working on now is Murder in a Convent. So I'm having like so much fun going to convents and like staying with nuns with little sort That's of drop-in. My grandma used to work at a convent, actually. It was really? right her house. Yeah, and I, she used to take me when I was little. If she was working, I'd go and see the nuns. And But again, it's all these places are, they kind of have their own code of conduct behind. Quotes. Yeah, and, and kind of potentially tense. It's, it's not dissimilar actually. Um, to polygamy and I mean that no obviously no offense to um to, to any nuns out there I don't mean it in that way but I think that um, the, the nuns that I spoke to would, would uh would agree that that kind of you're living for God and that yet there are human tensions of yeah. you, how do you get on with this coven of women you who know, will come together yeah. like- it's the reality of women living in such close confines and men you know you've obviously written about men living in these what happens when you have people living Again, rehab, you've got people having to live yeah. with tight space. In people, people that wouldn't choose, like they haven't chosen those people, but they yeah. kind of have, I suppose, That they kind of keep- well, Yeah, you uh, don't get to vet the people you're going to live with. Yes. You don't get to interview yeah. them um, yeah. and you have to live your daily lives with them. And it is, it's really fascinating. So I sense a common theme through your books. <laughs> yeah, like very much so actually, almost kind of like, um, I, there's definitely a sort of docu-thriller kind of vibe I think um travel is a big one because I used to be a travel journalist so I would like to be in kind of you know exciting destinations and then also kind of prisons of our own making I like I love that idea that you sort of mentally put you can leave you know you can leave a marriage you could leave rehab depending on the rehab um and a convent again you can walk out uh and this mining town you know the girls could have left and it's leave yeah it's also yeah. a point of pride isn't it there comes a point when yeah. pride comes into play a little bit and you don't want to be forced away from something yeah that you, and you're going to you're stick it out yeah yeah you're going to stick it out because you said you would and I think we've all done that right like rightly or wrongly because normally when you do that at the end you're sort of pleased you did it I it's, it's a funny you don't often look back and think I'm not pleased I stuck that out but there are exceptions yeah, I, I am fascinated by these ideas I cannot wait to read them uh, and I'm curious now about your novel evening I'm guessing we're not going to be shut up in some building together we can't escape out of your <laughs> party. <laughs> I was really tempted I was very tempted um to suggest that because there's this um, amazing library in St Paul's Cathedral which is kind of this secret oh. library yeah so I was tempted to suggest that but um but actually, uh, because it can be anywhere, right? So anywhere. I was like, anywhere, which is just too exciting. Um, I I think I would have it in the center of the Colosseum in Rome, which is a bit a bit out there. I know, but I just we would be where I would like to hold a dinner party. You know what? If if you can do it, you know, if you can go anywhere, can you imagine it all lit up with fire at night? It would be so cool. Yeah, I, sands gladiators, I should say, like in our in our actual time.
1: Not yeah now the
0: ruins of the coliseum I mean, as much as i'd the ruins. love to see it the ruins i've never been i would love to go but there's something eerie as well because you're in a place that's been filled with so much death yeah it's an eerie it must be an eerie place to be i know and imagine being there at night when you don't have all the tourists and it's yeah have um, it all to yourself amazing italian food i'd, I'd imagine I a mean, nice balmy. Yeah. can't go to italy and not eat right yeah it's part of the deal yeah, even yeah. the Kardashians ate when they were in Italy. So you've got to eat <laughs> Not very big portions, but still. Yeah, tiny portions. <laughs> you have to have, you have to have like 14 courses, right? Or something wild. So, yeah, you know. Theater. Yeah. Okay. So we're going to the Coliseum. I imagine, I'm imagining I like bathed in candlelight and a big table. Who are you going to invite first? Um. So I I can I just thank you? Because I so enjoyed, I was like, wow like who would I in my fictional thing so I've got a few crazy characters so to the first person that I would invite and it's kind of to do with the setting um and we can debate not she's fictional would be Athena the Greek goddess of war because I just think that would be a really cool dinner guest um and then I would also invite um Ernest Hemingway, I thought about this a lot because I think <laughs> Hemingway is apparently a little bit of an overbearing character and he's travelled to a lot of places. I, I like his books. Um, and I'd be really interested in having his accounts, but I'd quite like to have Athena, goddess of war there. <laughs> just with to balance Hemingway. him out, you know, just to be like, don't let him get carried away with his own kind of bullying tendencies. Just Athena can step in. And, and like, you know. quite a complex character, Athena, because... She's very fierce, she's very strong, she's wildly intelligent. But as we've seen, sometimes she can be just a little petulant. Just a little bit. They all can, can't they? The, the, all those the Roman gods. gods. Otherwise they wouldn't be the stories. Also wise, she's also very wise. But yeah, very she's wise. got like a like a mean streak. <laughs> she's got a little bitchy streak in her know. Yeah. And yeah, she doesn't take awesome. it. When yeah. you're a god, I think you get bored, you know? I think so. Yeah, but it'd be interesting to talk to her, and I feel like Hemingway would have some questions for Athena, actually. Yeah, and I would really enjoy watching that happen. I that feel like sparks could go wild. I feel like there's going to be some, there's even be tension or chemistry or both. That's what I was going to say. I think I think Hemingway would would try it on with Athena. I'm guessing, and probably get very short shrift. Yeah, probably. I think she has no time for any of that. Yeah, I'd be interested because I, you know he is a writer and Athena is you know very respectful of those with the arts so. yeah very much so she would be a patron yeah, yeah. Of Hemingway. yeah intrig- okay so they've arrived there's obviously going to be wine um oh of course yeah absolutely. dangerous with Hemingway dangerous who's going to come him. next um well I, I think possibly a little bit because the book I've, I've just written but I would love to have Jane Harper there um just because I, I also really like Jane Harper's books oh, but goodness. she's a journalist um and I I was worked as a journalist but I think she's more on the investigative side and I would really enjoy having her kind of interview people like I would really like that like see what questions she came out with and then and I would also want to her know books, her books are so detailed in terms of the yeah. crime and she obviously has a lot of knowledge this is very yeah and she interviews people for her books too um like in the acknowledgement that that was one of the things that I kind of almost like changed my writing process as well a little bit but I was it's almost like you know it's a scene in The Simpsons where like the Homer Simpson is pretending to is a teacher and he cuts a red light and another teacher is like oh I didn't know we could do that I kind yeah. of felt that way about <laughs> Jane Harper's novels like she goes out and like personally interviews people and I'm like oh I didn't know writers could do that so then I started like for my books now I'm like yeah I can just go ask people and obviously I'm a journalist and in my experiences a journalist um people are actually very accommodating about being asked questions I've never really had anybody um have difficulty with it even if in the beginning they're difficult they normally will you know once they get started so yeah and her books I mean her books are excellent she's a fantastic writer so you feel the oppression of the outback I was yeah yeah fun place Um, and her and Hemingway. I feel like you've got some. You I know. think there's suddenly be something going on there, right? And I think she would also get a lot out of Hemingway. I think she'd do a lot of my job for me. Like she'd she'd probably know a lot. She'd have a lot You'd of would ask some questions. questions that maybe you wouldn't necessarily be comfortable to ask. Yeah, I feel like she'd she'd be a bit, bit more edgy with her questions. Hmm, okay. Okay. I'm picturing it. It's an interesting mix so far. Do you have anyone else coming? Yeah, I've got I've got a couple more guests. Cool. Um So one of them will be Sherlock Holmes, which I appreciate is a little bit of a cliche, but it's Sherlock Holmes. You know, you You get to meet Sherlock Holmes. Um, And he'd have many interesting observations on the Colosseum alone. He would have a ton of stuff that you'd be like, okay, tell me more about this historical stuff. Um, And then the last one would be um, Scarlett O'Hara, oh for again you know the chemistry and the dynamic I, I'd also am genuinely interested because I'd love to know if on a personal level would I find Scarlett O'Hara you know a kind of petulant brat or would I find her you know actually there's more to her and you know she's more interesting than than she's perhaps been um because because Gone With The Wind is kind of you could take it either way really couldn't you she's a she's a brilliant love or hate her She is very much that kind of she's got that kind of Cathy from Wuthering Heights kind of vibe hasn't she you know she's caught you know it's hard to judge what she's really like Uh, is it because of the men around her that she behaves the way she does Is is there something deeper you've also got some like storytellers in the mix you've got people who are you know. They're quite big characters you've got in the Coliseum. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, how much fun? Because also, I, I figure, like, you know, you, you'd also have her, Hemingway would definitely, I think, would be, you know, all over Scarlet. Well, actually, would he be so interested in Scarlet in horror? Now I'm thinking it through. I think she would be very interested in him. Yeah. Probably Sherlock Holmes as well. Um, I feel like Hemingway would would cut Scarlet down to size a little bit. I think he might. Yeah, but she probably wouldn't mind she'd that. Probably, I mean, uh, well, I don't you know. know. Maybe she'd find, maybe she'd be attractive. She knows she doesn't take that well, does she? <laughs> <That's laughs> I've about that. Yeah, what? no, she wouldn't do that. But I think we would just have to sit back. I feel like you and I would just watch this unfold. Yeah. It would be like a gladiator, you know. It would, like yeah. yeah in the, in the <laughs> Yeah, the most... Ag- Aggressive and violent of all dinner parties. Yeah, you said no gladiators, and yeah, I feel like <laughs> they would be like well. I think of being a technically as a gladiator. Scarlett A'Hara, of course, probably wouldn't eat anything, would she? She'd just she'd just, like, move She's stuff around her plate. Yeah. I would just be digging into pasta and drinking lots of wine, to be honest with you, and kind of just spectating. So much fun. My um, word, it's a it's a dramatic dinner party that you've cultivated. There's there <laughs> will be drama. Big personas, yeah. yeah. Who, who do you think is going to leave together? That's that's my, um, you know, who, who is going to who is going to stumble off home? With maybe their own Jane friends? Harper and Sherlock Holmes. Yeah, I could see that happening. Actually, I could see them walking away in quite a considered way, and I could imagine maybe uh, Hemingway and Scarlett O'Hara kind of, you know, by the time they've downed a few bottles yeah Quietly, you know disappearing like oh where's scarlet and Ernest? And be that couple you know there's always a couple at the party who have had a little bit too much to drink and they kind of yo-yo between like heated passion and fighting yeah
1: and they're even gonna slap like
0: each other and then they'll be making out and yeah dramatic very yeah. dramatic and i have to ask is there anybody you don't want at this party is there anyone who's not welcome Oh, that's so hard, isn't it? Because who do you want who's not welcome at your party? I, I did think of a few people who, who I would like to come, um, but I thought they would they would take up um a lot of airspace <laughs> there's not a lot of that available either I no know. <laughs> so so uh, and and would perhaps not fit the dynamic so I so I did think so oh I, mean, I feel really terrible saying this so I would say Margaret Atwood but it's not because I wouldn't want her there because I would love her there but I think in this current mix she wouldn't have a good time no. <laughs> and
1: and would she's be someone
0: a... you'd want to listen to you she's someone to you to want to listen to there would be a lot of talking over and you know she's um yeah, I think she wouldn't get her chance to shine. Actually, I think she needs a quieter, and perhaps she'd be someone for like when all a the drama's would. gone home. Yeah, she would be there with. She's well someone you want all to yourself, isn't she? Yes. Really yeah. out with so you can actually just listen to her. Yeah, you'd want to get as much advice as you possibly could off of Margaret. Yeah, because, yeah. And I think she's quite a considered person when she's talking as well. I feel that you need to give her that time to to chat with her. So I'm just, that's unfair. I think you're being a considerate host. Yeah, fair enough. Sorry, Margaret. Because I think she'd get totally overshadowed. And this has been... I love the setting. I think it's a very dramatic evening. I think there's going to be bottles flying and words flying and Athena might do something dramatic i don't want to be a part of might be some some curses sort of or similar can gods can curse people right people leaving. You, with sir, like that's all it. i'm saying scarlet yeah. needs to be really careful what that's true actually yes yeah, scarlet could be leaving with you know like a different different kind of physiological yes yeah <laughs> but i love it thank you very much for sharing because you're i think totally that's a, welcome. Thank you for a very me. interesting mix um yeah, maybe it says a lot about you that you've picked such a dramatic mix of people. I <laughs> <laughs> the drama. And before I let you go and enjoy the rest of the uh, the Sunday sunshine, are you reading anything at the moment? Yeah, I am. I'm. I'm really lucky because I have like a ton of. Um different books sent to me so one is one is like like kind of as in pre-release um so I'm reading an amazing one called The Sanctuary by Emma Stiles but that hasn't been released yet but the one I'm reading which I'm loving um which is released is a book called Guilt Trip by Ed James um and it's it's just so so good you know when a book starts out it's, it's just got this amazing it's got amazing it's police procedural amazing characters you're right into the action um and I won't spoil it but something happens straight away with with the police characters that you're like oh my god like I just this is such a blow, blow your head off kind of um start to a book so I'm love so I'm really enjoying it and I'm looking forward to seeing how it ends amazing. amazing oh it sounds good I do love a good you know police procedural I do yeah. enjoy that It's a lot of, I love uh Ang Cleaves I think is fantastic for that yeah yeah you, there's, there's sort of classics it's funny isn't it because you don't think about you think it'd be easy to do a classic. <laughs> yeah. but not many people do them. <laughs> yeah, it's do you know what? I think as well, it's all about finding that character, that main character in the center that people, you know, like Vera. She's not yeah. the most likable character, to be fair. She's quite complex. But you We're want thinking, to know what she's going to do next. Yeah. She's she's what you. She, Sherlock Holmes is not likable. <laughs> no, not really. A, a bit. It's not a really. little bit, but at least he knows he's pompous and arrogant. I, I He's like funny, that. isn't he? And I think, like you, you kind of like people. You know, like in Killing Eve, you wouldn't like um, Vill- Villanelle. 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 If, if you wouldn't like her, but she's funny, so you're like, ah, uh, you're, you're hilarious. So I'll she's got a kind of dark, a dark sense of humour. That's what yeah. it is. That's what you wouldn't. I don't think you'd want her at a dinner party. She, I think you'd be scared. Yeah. I don't I think, think be that that's interesting. I don't think she'd be a massively interesting guest either. Villanelle really no, I be quite sullen <laughs> yeah I, I, I think so too I don't think she'd have a great deal to say I think it would all be a bit beneath her it would and she'd probably yeah. kill one of us and that would be the end of the night. And, she, and she'd almost certainly you know someone wouldn't leave if not all of us just for fun you know just yeah this. just because she was bored I feel yeah. that's the worry with Athena though you know I feel like maybe Athena probably might be bored. bored to do something wild yeah it's a concern sure <laughs> You've gone for some risky choices, but I'm here for it. And thank you so much for taking the time out to come and oh, chat me. with me. It's been an absolute pleasure. Yeah, I mean, me too. Thank you so much for having me. Mary redeemed a fifty thousand dollar cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino was America's favorite free online social casino. You too could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes.